0: My guest today is a leading marketing consultant, professional speaker, and the New York Times bestselling author of Utility. His blog, Convince and Convert, is consistently rated as the leading marketing recourse. And a great, great blog. I love this blog. He has worked with over 700 brands, including Walmart, Cold Stone Creamery, Columbia Sportswear, And we'll find out uh, Cabela's. I mean, I heard he was working with Cabela's. I want to know more about that because I'm a hunter and a fisherman and outdoorsman, and I love Cabela's. And he's even worked with the state of California. So welcome, Jay Bear to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett.
1: He's one of the world's most respected business experts, Jeffrey Hazelet.
0: I want to take you behind the scenes on what's happening in business today. And whether you're on Main Street or Wall Street, we're going to find out the secrets behind their success.
1: This is All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Fortinet.
0: Hey, first question right off the bat. What would you say is your main message? If I said, hey, who's Jay Bear?" what would you say you are and what you do?
1: Thanks very much for having me on the show. I would say uh, my main role in life, and I've thought about this a lot, is really as a translator. Uh, I don't feel like it's my responsibility to necessarily come up with some earth-shattering new ideas. But what I really do is translate technology trends for regular business people. So I'm, I'm helping folks keep their customers and, and gain new customers. At the intersection of, of technology and customer experience.
0: You know, when I read through your background, I didn't know you had the political stuff, which I had done in my earlier careers, and saw that you did a lot of that. Would you, what would you have described yourself like in high school, Jay? I mean, were you kind of a geeky guy, or were you kind of a, a extroverted guy? What well,
1: I mean, what was it? I was the involved guy. Yeah. Uh, I, I was. I was in every club and organization that they offered in high school seemingly uh, the student council and and newspaper and and uh and everything else and held you, a couple of jobs like, i was were I was you like busy. student body president and stuff like that too i was student body president yep
0: yeah i yep. I, I, I was uh, student body president i did all those things class president did, did all did you did you act were you a thespian
1: as well uh, briefly yeah. I, I was in a couple of plays uh they started me off in a musical and can, I, can you sing? My, can you even I sing? cannot sing at all i yeah. mean like not even not even. you know to say i'm a poor singer uh, <laughs> is is really an offense to poor singers i am i'm legendarily poor but it's funny i didn't know that until i actually was cast in a musical and we went to rehearsal and, and my uh, drama uh, teacher thought i was faking it thought i was like trying to be funny and i'm like I didn't, I had no understanding. I'm like, no, this is my deal. And he's like, "Okay, we're gonna have to recast this part." So that was, uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, because you, you, you suck. And we, I'm sorry. What, what? Yeah, I, You know, really I, well, I do too. i Look, there's, there's got to be singers and people are very talented. and There's got to be listeners. And when it comes to music, I'm a listener without question. Everyone, my Yeah, people are
1: like, "Hey, do you want to go to karaoke?" I'm like, "No, nah, not really." No.
0: Nah. Or right, do you like to follow music? I'm just a random question, but yeah, no. oh, absolutely. Do in fact, yeah. when I
1: was in college, I, uh, I co-founded the student radio station at my university. So uh, oh, wow. I was very into it uh, for a what, long time. What
0: genre? What kind of genre do you like? I mean,
1: uh, you know, I'm still I'm still sort of stuck in the uh, in that in that era, sort of eighties early nineties. So mm-hmm. so still I would say indie rock, and now living in the southern uh, southern Midwest, uh, you sort of get into that alt country, modern bluegrass kind of sound as well.
0: Yeah, see, I'm a country western guy, but I like jazz. When I was in college, I was a a disc jockey on our college radio station which was a jazz K U R oh that's, that's cool the yeah. college jazz station that's unusual that's yeah I can still do it hey this is Jeff Hazel with K-A-U-R and this is just jazz and that's the Pat Metheny group how was that that was pretty good and that was pretty good yeah. that was pretty yeah. good um I, I still and I used to I have got a real appreciation for jazz when I was on that show what uh what was the musical I just I'm sorry I'm just like I'm really intrigued by this at this point
1: you know I don't even remember? I don't even remember yeah i was I was I was a part of that play for such a <laughs> you, short period of time. You, you, uh, it was about per- a seven minute uh, seven minute uh, period for me. I don't even remember.
0: You purged it from your mind. They had I did. My, my high school senior year, they asked me to play Conrad Birdie and bye bye Birdie, and I sucked as a singer. But man, did I did that gold LeMay? Man, did I—I I you—you went for
1: it. I right. Gusto.
0: Yeah, I look Gusto. like. I look like shit. It <laughs> sounded like crap. <laughs> hey, um, so talk to me about the your business. Now, I think it's really kind of neat the way you you've called your business in your in your blog, convince and convert.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is that so? Explain what that means.
1: So, convince and convert uh, is is intended to represent the shift in in thinking from traditional marketing and customer service principles to to new marketing and customer service principles that, that really put the consumer in charge so whether it's uh, social media or rapid response customer experience or content marketing or advanced digital marketing all the things that we help big businesses with primarily are, are things that didn't exist uh, not that long ago and that's certainly that the technology change but more than that is is you well know Jeff it's it's more of a cultural change inside business but yeah. like, we have to turn our historical way of doing things upside down. And and so that requires a great deal of convincing and uh, a substantial measure of converting as well.
0: Do you think it's hard for marketers today and businesses to get this engagement model?
1: I think it's getting easier. You know, we've got enough years uh, in the saddle now with this kind of marketing that people are starting to understand that there's this great paradox in modern marketing, which is that everything – that marketers see now conspires to make you think and act and feel and measure faster. It's all about being faster, 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 but yet, ironically, the relationships that we create with customers tend to accrue more slowly than ever. And so what, what modern marketing really makes you do is change the time horizon of your customer acquisition model and actually elongate it. And so even though most of what we see in modern marketing is, is based in direct response principles, the actual way those relationships are built are very much not direct response. And so it's a, it's a very tricky uh, sort of conflict that that we face today in marketing, and, and people are finally starting to figure that out. Social media is a great example, I think, where oh, yeah. for, for years people have said, hey, let's go get some new customers with social media. And I've been saying for since day one, guys, social media is not a great customer acquisition channel. It's a fantastic customer retention channel. Mm-hmm. But but just to make customers from thin air and social media is probably not the best and highest used.
0: Yeah, it's tough to it's tough to convince them right away. The and and I, I think hence the what you talk about longer engagement or the the longer tail, meaning that it takes you longer to build the relationship, which we're now starting to understand. But when they decide to make the change, the conversion is a lot quicker, right?
1: Absolutely. Because usually there's there's not any um, disintermediaries, there. You know, usually you can you can close that loop uh, online, and, and with more and more powerful mobile apps and things along uh, those lines, that will continue to to increase no, the I actual. Mean- let, let's, you know, expl- let's, let's actually have a, have a transaction. That part gets a lot easier.
0: Yeah, let's explain that, though. I mean, because when people are looking at that, you know, typically you would have gone through this whole rigmarole where I would have sent you something, you would have responded back, I would have made a presentation, I would have given you a PowerPoint, I would have had a, a sales talk with you, I would have had a salesperson in the middle of it, and we would have that kind of formal repartee. That's gone. I mean, it's just out. I mean now it's 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 once they're engaged through this relationship that you develop this engagement that you develop and through and primarily a lot of it through your friends because your friends have a big impact on that. And that once you make that decision you just do that digitally you just go bye. Right? Or you look or you look up and compare very quickly, you know, who are the three that also offer this but I'm going to make my decision and boom go.
1: That's right. I mean that that concept of of self-serve information of kicking informational tires yourself without the assistance of, of a salesperson or somebody from the company is one of the biggest trends uh, in, in marketing in history. And that's why I wrote uh, part of my book, Utility, about that concept is that, you know, today there's no barrier to research. There's no friction to knowledge. And, and it's much, much, much more efficient for you to to kind of secret shop and, and comparison shop and do research and look at ratings and reviews and all those kind of things and, you know, watch a webinar and download an ebook, all those things you may do. Uh, until you are really close to saying, yeah, I think I want to give these people money. And Mm -hmm. then, and only then, do you want to actually have a conversation with somebody. Whereas, it wasn't that long ago that the very first thing you would do, the very first thing you would do is have a conversation. You would literally or figuratively walk into a store and say, what do you have to sell here?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And now, if you go buy a car, you walk into a car lot, you know as much, and in some cases more, about that car than the person trying to sell you the car.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So, do do you think that that businesses are 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 winning or losing this game? And and the re- reason I say that is, it's sometimes I go on a site and I will look at them and I'll say, "Where's this? Where's this? Where's this?" And I really wanted to buy from them, but they made it
1: very difficult to do that. It's it's such a great observation, Jeff. It, I think there's and I've 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 done a lot of speaking on this on this point. Um, there's a lot of companies out there that feel like if they communicate everything about their product or their service on their website, they're somehow giving away the secret sauce, mm-hmm. that, that, that they still believe that customers um, cannot be trusted with the price, for example. This is a very common one that we see all the time where people say, well, I don't want to put our price on a website because it scare what if people them away. Scare
0: it, them away. You know, right, yeah, right, and it's too we'll
1: expensive. See. I'm like, yeah. well, then um, maybe you don't want them to call you because it's just wasting your time. Um, and and so a lot of that you're
0: gonna have to, tell them eventually. to just, you're going to have to tell them I, eventually. I mean, come on. Right.
1: You know, exactly. Yeah, it's like when people say, um, uh, "I don't want to find out the sex of my child early uh, <laughs> in an ultrasound because it's not. A, I want it to be a surprise." To which I always say, "Well, it's a surprise on that day. All you're doing is DVRing your surprise."
0: Yeah, you say that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, I. It's a. I. What about? What about? When you say this for does it apply for small and large businesses? I mean, I think I know. I know the answer to it. I'm just want to hear it from you.
1: It, it absolutely does. I, I think the I think the the biggest pivot isn't so much size of business; it's size of purchase. So the the bigger the dollar value of the investment, the more information you're going to want to have pre investment. So that's why this is so critical for B2B, where the stakes are typically higher. So you're yeah, going to go bigger. spend. Yeah, you know, $50, $100, $200, 2000000 million on something, you're going to want to make sure uh, that it's the right purchase. And so your appetite for information in those scenarios is, is pretty significant.
0: Yeah. So what's the biggest mistakes that businesses are making today with content?
1: Well, I think the biggest mistake is, is thinking that content is innately about your products and services. Sometimes it is. There there is a role for that. But generally speaking, if your content marketing program, quote-unquote, consists of you telling people what you have to sell, you haven't created content marketing. You've just created a brochure. And we already had those. You haven't helped anybody. So we spend a lot of time working with with our large clients on how to create content that is so useful people would pay for it, content that, that customers truly want to receive, And some of that content is very top of the funnel. It's not related to the products or services on offer at all, but it is inherently useful to uh, the customer. A good example, they're not a client of ours, but a good example is Adobe. Adobe has a a site, I'm sure you're familiar with it, called cmo.com. It's a great site. It's a terrific resource, lots of curated content, and it almost never even mentions Adobe.
0: Yeah, but everybody knows it's involved. For well, those that are in yep. the know. But yeah, you're you're right. I was just going to ask you what an example of that is. But it's really, it's saying, hey, here's the trends in the industry. Here's the things that are going on in relationship to use of, of a product or of a service. That's right. And you might not you have to even sure you do it. Right.
1: And good content marketing comes down to trust, Jeff. It, you, you have to trust that if you give your customers or prospective customers information or resources of value, you have to trust that some portion of them Will reward you eventually, but the key word in that sentence is eventually. Because one of the the hardest things to understand in modern business is is the fact you have to embrace the power of eventually. Yep.
0: What? Let, let me take a break real quick. because I got to do that. I got. I'm I'm sitting here. It's the it's the morning right now. We're taping this in the morning, and I got a I got to drink my coffee because America runs on Dunkin'. Here's one fact to back up that slogan. On average, Dunkin' sells more than. 30 cups of coffee every second. And my favorite is Dunkin' Espresso, which is what I need in the morning. I've got four of them right now, um, which I'm drinking while I'm sitting here talking to Jay Bear. Because, man, this guy, I got to stay up with this guy. He's everywhere. I'm watching him online all the time. Hey, do you drink coffee at all, Jay? I do, absolutely. Yeah. What what kind of, how do you take your coffee? How do you drink it?
1: Uh, Straight up black. Uh, I am uh, kind of a traditionalist. I never, never got off that train.
0: Yeah, you're a traditionalist. Yes, sir. Oh, uh, that's cool. No cat no decaf. Real no, cat. I see
1: no point in that. I don't understand the point of decaf <coughs> coffee and I don't understand the point of non alcoholic beer. I just don't get
0: it. Yeah, exactly. I want them both. Well, I can understand non alcoholic if you're an alcoholic. You need to
1: Well, sure, yeah, absolutely.
0: You know, or if you're just maybe if you're wired you should probably, you know, slow down and think decaf every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um you, you do a lot of speaking. You and I I see yeah. each other on the on the circuit. What, what do you like better? You like writing? You like uh, you know speaking? Or 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 you you have a really great podcast too. So wh- which one do you Thanks. like doing the most?
1: Thanks. You know I, I I love them all, and and I say this with with uh, full sincerity. I would do this job for free. Yep. Uh, I'm glad I'm glad I don't have to, but okay. I would I would do it for free uh, every day of the year. But of all those things that I do, uh, I like the speaking parts the best because I've discovered. Uh, a long time ago, that that nobody ever applauds consultants or authors, right? <laughs> but when you when you when you walk off that stage and everybody's excited, and people coming up to you and sign my book, and I, I really got a lot out of your talk. The the you know the visceral in the room feedback you get as a speaker is substantially different than the feedback you get on your Amazon reviews uh, as an author. So oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I just really like it, and and you know I I was named most likely to be a game show host in high school. Uh, and and even back then, I was the guy who would who would MC all the pep assemblies and things like that. Uh, so I kind of come by it naturally. So it's it's great that I have a chance to to do it for a living, at least in part.
0: So um, I I want to get into this because you said something about the people that write stuff for you on Amazon or write you know reviews or those things because we get that mm-hmm. you know and I get I get you know by and large we get great stuff. People love what we do and and but every once in a while we get these negative things, right? You get, you get this crap out there and people kind of coming at you or saying bad things, I might even refer to them as haters. And you got a new book that you're going to come out. And it's what is the name of the new book going to be? A uh,
1: new book is called Hug Your Haters, yeah. available uh, pre-order now, but it comes out March 1st.
0: Yeah, so let's talk
1: about that a little bit. Why did you write a book like that? So... My organization at Convince & Convert works with lots of big companies historically on content marketing, social media, digital marketing. And and what we're coming up against quite frequently now is the intersection between marketing and customer service has essentially faded away. Customer mm-hmm. service is marketing. Marketing is customer service. Yep. It's all in public now. I agree. And, and so people were starting to really have a hard time understanding uh, what what to do, especially in a negative customer feedback scenario. And so even some of the best companies in the world tend to ignore negative customer feedback. So they they just sort of, well, okay, yeah, this person had a bad experience and, and and which is crazy because you wouldn't ignore it if somebody called you or emailed you, but if it's online somehow that's licensed to to ignore it. And so I said this is this is wrong we have to fix this. This is an existential problem for business. So I wrote a whole book about it and, and conducted a comprehensive, enormous uh, study with the guys at Edison Research, and we surveyed tens of thousands of Americans about who complains and how they complain, where they complain, why they complain. And we found that that if you answer somebody's complaint, it increases customer advocacy always. It takes right. a bad situation, makes it better. If you uh, if you don't answer somebody's complaint, it decreases customer advocacy. It takes a bad situation and makes it even worse. Well, in so, fact,
0: they go out and talk about it more, right? I of mean, course, they'll, yeah. they'll tweet about it more. They'll post about it more. Absolutely, they,
1: yeah, yeah, without Absolutely, question. yep. So, so the recipe in the book, the hug your haters formula, is to answer every complaint in every channel, every time.
0: Yeah, and and just answering is just acknowledging it. Many, t- many cases, right?
1: Yeah, it, I mean, we're not. I'm not suggesting that the customer is always right. I'm yeah. suggesting that the customer is always heard.
0: Yeah, I, which I think is exactly right because they're not always right. Some of no, them, are, quite so. frankly, some of them are batshit crazy. I mean, yes. yeah. Yes. Uh, for all practical purposes, I mean, I, I watch what people do. I, I'm a, a huge fan of United. I like United. I look. I do. They do everything perfectly. Absolutely not. Does any business do anything per, per, uh, perfectly? No. You know, absolutely not. Why do you have? Why is it called bugs in software? Because it's going to break. That's why. You know, I mean, that's just the nature of the business. And and so, and having owned a lot of businesses, I know that to be the case. But and you can't do it. But I watch the venom that comes out, and I'm talking. It's venom. I mean, you've probably got. Do you? Have, are you going to have some great examples of some real? Oh, interest? absolutely.
1: Oh. There's so many incredible examples in the book, and it was purposely written to be valuable to businesses of all sizes. So we've got. Big company examples, some airline examples, of course, uh, a number of small company examples, and everything in between, from tons of different industries, B2B, B2C, uh, and it's all grounded in in groundbreaking, uh, real research. This isn't just this isn't just me saying, hey, you know, look somebody in the eye when you talk to them. I mean, this is this is the first and only modern customer service book ever written because it's about what happens today. It's about what happens when your customer contacts you on Snapchat it's not you know yesterday yeah, right. you know sure. warmed over customer service bromides this yeah. is this is a real deal and it's it's this for wasn't, today's business
0: this wasn't a slip of paper put in a suggestion box right this yeah, was this is this is real stuff it's a, is it does it amaze you that people do ignore that i mean could i see two things actually jay I, I when i was chief marketing officer i would see when tweet, someone would tweet something the communication department used to freak out right and yep. then they would come to you and say, We got to give him a free camera, or we got to give him this, or we got to give him that. And I would say, No, you're not. You know, no, you're not. The guy's wrong. You know, we're not doing that. You now contact him, reach out to him. And that's what we did. We, you know, we put a chief listener in. And I, mm-hmm. I, do you advocate something like that? Because we had a chief listener who who routed these conversations into customer service, these into sales. You know, these were interactions, and then what were the other? Oh, customer complaints, Absolutely. customer service, yeah, or yeah, oh, product development. We got product. We got a lot of ideas from people who were tweeting us ideas all the time that we put in play.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you if you're not finding customer feedback, good, bad, or or, or indifferent then then you have no business worrying about what happens after that. And and that's uh, a huge problem for companies that don't have a chief listener. In many cases, there's all kinds of interesting customer feedback and interactions out there that they're just oblivious to. Yeah, there's, um, there's you know,
0: ponies it, out there. I mean, there's a pony in a lot ah, of that information. I mean, you can find huge. it, write it,
1: and, oh, it's it's pretty cool. I but, mean, discussion boards and forums is a great example. I talk about that a lot in the book because it's really this undiscovered, untapped uh, resource where you're, you're – you're, Usually, your strongest customers—the ones who really are into whatever it is you sell—that's where they're spending time. I mean, you think about back to you know when you're at Kodak. I mean, all the all the online photography forums. Oh, you're saying I mean, that is, is a mine Yeah, a gold
0: I, now that part I agree with, but not you're not talking about the uh, the uh, stock boards, right? Because no, I mean, no, no, not, a, not financial services a, yeah, stuff. no.
1: Yeah, the, no, that's well, sort of your pump and dump kind of weird stuff. But no, people yeah. who are like, "Hey, here's what I think about photography, or home entertainment, or boating, or you know, name your category." Uh, there, There is an unbelievable treasure trove of information out there, uh, and most businesses just say, well, yeah, we know they're talking about us. We don't even read it. Do you?
0: Okay? I, I used to find out a lot of times, actually, I did this, and, and it's been written about over time, where I would like to be in those kinds of forums or somebody would be talking about a, another camera competitor or something like that, mm-hmm. and I would say, hey – Uh, that's a nice camera, but also look at this one, and I would send them a link to ours. And people were just blown away. As CMO, I would be doing that, because that was just a great way. I just thought, look, just while you're comparing, hey, come look at this one, you know?
1: Well, not only is that incredibly useful, it it also plays on a very important uh, psychological advantage that we uncovered in my research. We found that people who are talking about brands in what we call an on-stage capacity, so in public, uh, review sites, social media, discussion boards and forums, fewer than half of those people expect brands to respond, even when they're complaining, fewer than half. So when you do respond, it mm. blows their minds and it wins their hearts because they're like, I didn't even think you were listening and here you have <laughs> left me a, a reply that the impact on their customer advocacy in that situation is enormous.
0: I hope you go back and rename it. I think it's a Sally Fields moment, right? I mean, you yeah, like absolutely. me. You, you should You should call it the Sally Fields moment. or the You're syndrome right. Because I love it. It, it is like you like me, you really like me. But that is the yeah. case. And I think that's why I say even if people, even if they're bitching and moaning, if you just acknowledge them, it stops most of it. You of know? course. You, yeah. Oh, yep. thank you for letting me rant, rave, whatever. I got it out. I'm okay with that. You know, and I look, I've been one of those. I don't usually I don't rant and rave online. I say it directly to them. You know, I don't do those. Um, But when I'm you know, if I have a complaint with somebody, I let them know directly. But uh, I just I just don't like to make those things public.
1: Well, one of the one of the biggest challenges that we have and one of the reasons I wrote this book is that is that companies are trying to apply the same protocols that they use for telephone and email and they're trying to use the same systems to do customer service in social media and review sites. Well, how should they do it, it differently? It's, it's, how, how it's not they? the same. It's not the same customer expectation. It's a totally different. Uh, it's a totally different scenario. Well, so, it's,
0: more, it's more instant, right? That's that, you, you mean the time. yeah, certainly,
1: certainly quicker. Uh, certainly quicker. Um, as as I said, the expectations of the customers are way different. When somebody calls you or emails you, they expect an answer. Right. If somebody's in social media, what they really want is an audience. Mm-hmm. So, so their, their total psychology is completely different. Um, usually what we find is that people in, in social uh, are, are twice upset. Whatever you did wrong to make them upset the first time, <laughs> really and do. then in many cases they've already called you or emailed you, right. and they weren't happy with how they went. So yeah. now they went to social media. And so now you've got somebody who is particularly upset. It's sort of their last gasp. Uh, and so the need for empathy in social media is much higher even than on telephone or email and most companies simply do not operate that way.
0: Yeah, if you piss them off to the point where now they're looking for a, a grandstand to be able to talk to, that's that's something. Is it then tougher to talk them down, uh, Jay, because they've, they've made this public decoration in front of people and so so because they've made this public decoration it's a little tougher to talk them down, they got more yes. risk?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely And 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 your ability to turn a customer from from negative to positive in a public setting is not great. You can neutralize a customer, but but here's here's the thing. A, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because customer service is a spectator sport now. Yeah. Yes, of course, of course you want to make the unhappy customer happy, right? That's the whole point. But is it? The real point is in a public setting, how you handled that person so that all the people who are going to see that interaction for the rest of time, whether it's on Twitter, Facebook, Yelp, TripAdvisor, Spiceworks, G2 Crowd, any place, how you handle that person shows what kind of an organization you are and where your values are.
0: Well, it also, so, yeah, it also you know, keeps the other folks off, too, to some extent. That's right. Way. Because what happens is when that one person and, then, and somebody else doesn't jump in, like if I don't, if I'm the business and if I don't get in the middle of that pretty quickly then other people start piling I off. want a free camera, too. I want a yeah. free camera, yeah, too. Yeah, like, oh, yep. those bastards. They're terrible. I don't like them. They suck. Blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you about my. Yours was bad. Mine's worse. And then boom. Right. It's like, yep. they, oh, my gosh. Now you got a movement on your hand. But you, you said that things are different on the online. So so, if I'm a business, and let's think about a small business who's looking at this because they get a little scared sometimes. i I think the bigger businesses can take it, but they're the worst at it, quite frankly. I yeah think, I think true. they really, truly are because they're just afraid they want to control the brand and they got to realize they've never controlled the brand. They've never controlled these kinds of things before where they, but they but we force people to because we had these eight hundred numbers and telephone trees, and we're only open from eight to five, and now anybody can go twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, and we have to respond. To them, Ha-ha. we have to listen to the customer. Ha-ha. You know, it's a, it's amazing what we have to do now. So, why is it? What what are the what's different for that business? It, that you said it can't be the same as a phone or an email.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, I think it's the very public nature of it means that you okay. have to change the way that, that you communicate with people, uh, and, and keep in mind that that you're really dealing with an audience. Like have you have onlookers? Yeah. You, you you generally have spectators, so you have to handle them. Uh, differently, you and, wa- and you, you have can't. to
0: you have to wash the laundry out in front of everyone now. That's right. Okay, that's right. I, and and, and that I, is, I that's a
1: that. tricky proposition.
0: Well, because you, you here's what we used to do. Remember, I, and I know this when I was at Kodak early on. I was one of the very first thousand people on Twitter, and 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 when we would have negatives, sometimes we'd say, "Hey, t- let's take this offline." Uh-huh. And, and and you can't do that. That's I see. Nope. What, yeah, I see what you're getting to now, because you don't want to, because that looks like okay. Now they're trying to hide it, right? Which we were just
1: At a tactical level, that can be tricky too. I, yeah. I, I, I wrote about this a lot in the book that yes, even in, in social media, you want to try and take it offline, especially, you know, even like, hey, I need your account number and things like that. Yeah, yeah. But, but where, where companies really mess this up
0: is they say,
1: hey, uh, here's our number. Call us with your account number and we'll fix it. Well, in many cases, that person just got off the phone. And wasn't happy, and now they're on Twitter, and you're saying, "Call me again," and mm. and they get into this incredibly frustrating uh, sort of circle, and and it's this this idea that that the role of social media customer service is to send somebody back to the phone or email is is channel switching in a way that is really counterproductive.
0: Yeah, which is bad because you're saying I have to work again. To do something, yeah. you should have already worked to help. Look, with.
1: you've got to meet your customers on the ground of their choosing, not the ground of your insistence.
0: Yeah, well, that, I love. Oh, I love the way you phrase that. You better make sure that's that's highlighted in there. That's a good one. I like that. That becomes a template for you to activate there. What what? Um, what about the trolls? I mean, really,
1: the haters. Mm-hmm.
0: Did you deal yeah. with them in the book?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in our research, we found that there's three different types of haters. There's off-stage haters which complain on the phone and email. There's on-stage haters which complain in public, social media, etc. And then you have the crazies. Okay, uh, and and there, is, there is a group of people who, yep. who are just unhinged. I still believe and recommend in the book that those people still deserve at least one response. Even if somebody is, is out of control, you, you should still say, we're sorry you feel this way, we'd appreciate it um, if you don't use profanity in this venue or whatever your standard response is.
0: And then you walk away, or can't can't you tell him, Jay? Jay, Go away. We don't. We don't want you. I mean, I've got a guy who, for years, and this is back way back when I was at Kodak. Every year he pops up, and because I supported somebody at a 140 conference, this guy supported some other guy at another conference, and the guy that runs that conference, I'm good friends with him. But for this guy, he's hated me, and he goes off on me everywhere. And actually, stood up at a group of 3,500 people once, Jay and was bitching and moaning about me, and I couldn't tell who he was. And finally, I, I could recognize him, and I said, about, ladies and gentlemen, I said, you know, we're all, we're all born with an asshole, and unfortunately, this guy's mine. You know, and <laughs> you know, that's how I had to shut him up, because he was trying to take over a mic. But, you know, <laughs> I thought it was a good line. I love that. Yeah, well, and the guy's just a jerk. I mean, we, I almost had him arrested, because he, he actually tweeted that he was going to urinate on our servers at uh, CES. He was going to break into our booth and urine, and we had to put security guards on it, and then we had to turn them over to security. I mean, what are you doing with a guy like that? I mean, that's a crazy. That's obviously a crazy, right? Yeah. 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 There's, there's,
1: you know, there's, there's one in every, in every bunch. And so uh, I think you handled it exactly right. You, you acknowledge them uh, not because you're trying to change their pattern of behavior, because that's not going to happen. Yeah. But you acknowledge them because it demonstrates to everybody else what kind of company, what kind of person, what kind of organization you are. Yeah. But you never – there's a, a rule in the book called Jay's Rule of Never Reply More Than Twice. And and the, the maxim is it doesn't matter what the scenario is. You never, ever, <laughs> ever, ever reply to a customer in public more than twice, whether it's positive or negative. Because if it's positive, they're saying we love you. If you answer back more than twice, you're just wasting your own time. And if it's negative, if you answer more than twice, you're getting sucked into a negative vortex, which is counterproductive.
0: So never more than two
1: replies ever.
0: Like talking to a bot or something. I did that once. I responded to something, and I thought, what? And then I responded again. It was a bot. I had no idea. (laughs) One of my staff said, Jeff, you're talking to a bot. (laughs) (laughs) The responses coming back didn't make any sense. I couldn't figure out what was going on. So anyway. Hey, let me jump in on this one, too. It's great to have the good folks from Liberty Tax on board with all business. Liberty is the fastest-growing retail tax preparation firm ever. Four thousand offices across North America. It's a great seasonal franchise opportunity too. So if you're looking to get into business or add another service to your business, and or you just need great tax services, you know, look to Liberty. Those are the guys that that dress up like the Liberty. Uh, Statue of Liberty out in front on the streets, You see them. Uh, they're not crazy. They're just drawing attention to their business, and it's become an icon for them, which has been really good. I mean, you know, I, I know the owner. Do you do your
1: own taxes, Jay? I do not. Yeah, uh, I, I've got uh, a lot of angel investments. I'm invested in you know 15, 16 different technology companies, and so the amount of paperwork that that creates um, prevents me from doing my own taxes. Well, I ran
0: into a company the other day that you invest in. Was it was it uh, Uberflip? Uh, yeah, Uber yeah, Flip, That's right. Yeah, yeah we did some. Uh, my one of my companies I own did some PR work with those guys. And somewhere I was at, and someone said, "Oh, yeah, Jay Bears an investment." I went, "Oh, I didn't know that." That was, that, was, that was very good. All right. Well, listen. Hey, this is the time I like to do a rapid fire where I put you on the grill. On the grill. This is it. Get ready. Because uh, you're never going to answer all these questions right. Because I feel like I need
1: some Dunkin' coffee you, before you, the segment uh, you begins. You are
0: going to need it. Here, here, but you know, we always like pick. We pick on you. We pick on your college. We pick on your state a little bit. I will do my best. Yeah, yeah. we'll see. We'll see yeah. how you do it. All right. Where is the original London Bridge?
1: The original London Bridge is in London, uh, but but the uh, the modern London Bridge is in Lake Havasu City, Arizona, uh, where uh, where I grew up, and I was actually there. Uh, at the dedication of the bridge when I was, like, two years old in 1972.
0: Awesome. You got that one. I, did, I, I need a bell. Like, ding, ding, ding. That was good. You got one. All right, here we go. What is the name of the University of Arizona's marching band?
1: Uh, what is the name of the marching band? That's, that's my, a great that's question. That's my question for you, dude. That's why we did Gosh, this I stuff. I used about. to know that. I was, I'm just off a of red eye. Otherwise, I would know that It's going um, to
0: blow your mind. It's going to blow your mind. All right. How many? I don't, you, you I don't need, know. You know it. All right. The pride of Arizona.
1: Pride of Arizona, of yeah, course. I keep you thinking go. the Marching Hundred, which is a band here in Indiana, where I live now.
0: Yeah. Okay. What is the name of the University of Arizona's first fight song? Well, the first fight song. Well. Yeah. Introduced hmm. in the 1930 homecoming game, and was performed by Rudy Valley and his orchestra. Uh, well, I mean, oh. the
1: current fight song is, is "Bear Down, Arizona." So I'm going to go with that. But maybe nope. there's something else nope. out nope. there.
0: Nope. Fight Wildcats. Fight. It was. Fight
1: oh. Wildcats. Yep. Fight. Man, yep. I'm such a bad graduate.
0: Well, no, yeah, these. Are, well, you know, you never can get these. I would get. They asked me about Augustana College in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I would get most of them wrong. Oh. I've been to
1: Augustana College in Sioux Falls, South Dakota.
0: Have you really? What did you I've do? I've given a speech there. Actually, did you really? I awesome. did. I, I'm a Viking. That we're Vikings there. You know that college moved three different times before it got to Augie. It moved west every time. It had and uh, there's another Augustana College, which we call Tiny Augie. And then it yeah. became an academy, and it moved. It kept moving west with the settlers, you know, with all the Norwegians
1: and Scandinavians that moved west. Yes, I'm a, I'm a yeah. Scandinavian myself, so I uh, I have some affinity there. I'm Are <laughs> you really? We're, Norwegian and Danish. Is, uh, oh, uh, wow. quarter, quarter Norwegian, quarter Danish.
0: Do you, my wife is that the same same as well. What do you, do you have like uh, any kind of Norwegian dishes or Scandinavian dishes during your holidays?
1: Uh, a little bit, yeah. On occasion, we do uh, a, a few things. Like lefse, uh, do you do lefse? No, I'm not a big leftover fan. Um, really, that's just oh, like
0: a like a potato pancake and some sugar and butter.
1: Yeah, I we we make um, Dutch pancakes. Uh, uh, my daughter's done uh, a, lot, cool. a lot of foreign exchange programs over there, and so we but make that's the Dutch not, Yeah, but that's not There's
0: Norwegian a, or, or. No, it's <laughs> not. You know what we
1: make? Uh, you know what we make for the holidays is uh, Apple eppelskeivers. Oh. Uh, which are the round the round pancake balls. So oh the, yeah, the, yeah. The, uh, Family
0: tradition here. Yeah, we, we well, I, we have a different name for something very similar. To that we call them lead balls, and we like those. <laughs> and my my aunt make, my aunt makes these great Swedish meatballs. I'm telling you, oh. when she makes them, I, I tell you, Jay, I hide them from everybody in my family. <laughs> I, I will not let anyone. I mean, I make her make them for me only. I even try to get sick so she will make them. And
1: just, I think you should be sending meatballs to all the guests on your show.
0: No, it's not going to happen, dude. I'll send okay. you bacon. Well, I tried. I'll send you bacon, but I'm not sending you those meatballs. Those meatballs, man, I will, I will take you out for those meatballs. All right. <laughs> which, which celebrity currently has the most followers on Twitter? And don't be typing it and looking for it right now either. I don't know.
1: Uh, which celebrity has the most followers on Twitter? Yeah. I have no idea. I'm going to say Beyonce. Nope. Katy Perry's
0: number one with $74 million. Almost seventy-five million. Justin Bieber was sixty-seven million, and then Barack Obama was sixty-three million.
1: Seventy-five million—that's a lot.
0: Yeah, that's that's a ton. Hey, what year did Facebook introduce the like button? What year
1: did Facebook introduce the like button?
0: Yeah, I wouldn't. I would never have gotten this one right.
1: Well, the dislike button is going to be this year. So the like button—it wasn't. uh, I'm going to say two thousand and
0: eleven. Nine. I would have guessed 11, too. I would have done the same thing, and yeah, I was with you. All right, now, ooh, this is the I mean, this is the last one. This is a chance to redeem yourself, okay? I'm, I know. I feel like I'm feeling. <laughs> I know. You've got, you've got so much other good stuff going. This is just a good educational thing. Hey, what is the most watched YouTube video ever?
1: Well... Uh it was the evolution of dance from our friend Judson Lapley for a long time mm-hmm. and then it was gangnam style um, and i suspect there's something since then but i wouldn't know what it is i'm going to say gangnam style i'm sure though i'm sure that's not it anymore that is it ah i redeemed myself
0: over 2.5 billion watches
1: wow i actually yeah like which that. is why that guy never needs to record another song cuz yeah. at a, you know at, at a penny per thousand or whatever micro payments he's getting on YouTube ads.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think that guy is set. I like. I actually like the video. I don't care for. Oh, the it's guy. hilarious. Yeah, it's, I don't it's fantastic. care for the guy, but I, I. do like the music. I actually like it's it. It's great. Hey, I got one fan question um, that I want to get in because I always like to ask fan question. When Mark, uh, this is from Yvonne Devita. and she wants to know when marketing to a large audience, do you separate out the men from the women, or just assume everyone is the same? People are people. Hey, that's a good question.
1: That is a good question. I think it totally depends on the product. Yeah. Um. You know, we do some work for Cabela's, The Big Outdoors. Uh, oh yeah, you know, hey, you talking
0: I love I love Cabela's. I got one in Minnesota. Yeah, South. they're a big
1: client of ours. And, and you know, in, in certain product categories, I mean, it's the 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 usage rate um, based on gender is so significant yeah. that that you you clearly would would make some adjustments uh, accordingly. But I think in in general, uh, the the big gender differences are fading away. I saw a stat just this morning, not not an hour ago that said that 54% of all SUVs are purchased by women. Mm-hmm. And and that's a stat that, that I wouldn't necessarily have believed to have been true 10 years ago, but but now I think we're seeing a, a, a leveling out of gender differences in a lot of product categories. Well, but I mean, the
0: even SUV, SUV, I mean, if you look in where I'm from in South Dakota, you go out to the church parking lot, it's either minivans or SUVs, I mean, yeah. or, or pickup trucks, true. because... That's we live in snow. I mean, that's yeah. what you're gonna drive. You have all wheel drive, four wheel drive, absolutely. Exactly. You don't see the cars yep. like you used to. What? Um, hey, listen, man. I, this is I, absolutely awesome. I love the new book. But I want to give you a chance to do any kind of shameless plug you'd like. Plug a charity, plug yourself, plug anything you want, plug your blog, plug them all. Thank you. Yeah. Well, what Thank would you, you like to tell
1: folks? Uh, I'm gonna tell you two things. One for for our, which is the number one content marketing blog in the world, and our whole network of podcasts plus a week, uh, an amazing daily email. Go to convinceandconvert.com. Yep. But, the, but the real plug I want to tell you is uh, Daniel Lemon, who's a senior strategist on my team, has his own new book coming out December 1st called Manipulated, And it is a fantastic book for small business all about the truth behind the ratings and reviews industry. So if you feel oh. like maybe uh, Yelp isn't playing on the up and up and how do we handle reviews in particular, uh, his book is extraordinarily useful. It's very, very tactical, very, very specific. It is the modern playbook for ratings and reviews for small business. December first, available now. It's called Manipulated from Daniel Lemon. Go
0: get that because that's I love to find out about that. And you find out you can't believe everything you hear on the internet. So that's why friends are important. Hey, you know, don't forget the the new book, name of it again. Hug your Haters. Yeah, which is a lot better than the one I wanted to write, which was Punch them in the face. So I that could be the
1: subtitle.
0: The subtitle. <laughs> this is great, Jay. You're you're a gentleman a scholar. I always love talking to you. You've just you you're full of knowledge and full of so much great advice. So I encourage everyone. This is one of the few people, and truly one of the few people that I actually follow and get go to for advice uh, numerous times and listen to what he has to say because it's smart stuff. And I try to be a smart business guy, and he's a smart one as well. So thank Thanks, you, my buddy. friend. All right, I good luck. It. And I'm, you know me. I'm buying it. I'm going to buy it. I'm not going to buy one. I'm going to buy a lot of them because I want to give them to other people because it will help your business.
1: I'll give them to you in exchange for meatballs.
0: Oh, nope, not going to do it. I'm keeping the meatballs, but I'll buy your book. <laughs> All right, I appreciate it. All right, but Jay. We'll see you later, man. Cheers. All right, bye-bye. Bye.
1: Taking you behind the scenes of what's happening in the business world, Jeffrey Hazlett hosts All Business, brought to you by Fortunate.
0: Hey, I like to end every show with what I learned. And I always like talking to Jay. You heard that at the ending there that uh, he's one of the few people I do follow. I, I like Jay, practical business guy. Uh, Does what he says. I like all those things about it. He's up front. You can tell he's just extremely, extremely intelligent, and he's just a good guy. But you know what I liked about is his new book he's got coming about, you know, haters are going to hate, but you need to go out and hug them. And I think that's what you need to understand about business is always to confront You know, the negativity, confront what's out there. You know, don't ignore it. Don't put your head in in a hole. Get out there. I loved his rule that said only answer it twice. I thought that was good, good or bad, you know, comments. But I really like the fact that you've really got to address the negativity. You've got to address whatever it is that's out there and just deal with it. Stand up, be transparent. People get it. That's what I always learn and it was reinforced today. You know, that you got different degrees of these people. Don't treat them all the same way. You know, learn to have a strategy for each one. Read the book. Find out the three different ones he was talking about, especially those crazies out there. I love that one. And then be able to have a strategy to put in place to deal with each and every one of those. That's what I learned today. And you should put that to use in your business, whether it's a small business or a great big large multi-billion dollar company. Don't forget to uh, deal with the haters and hug those haters. So, I thought that was really great. Hey, don't forget, guys, um, I exist only through you listening. So, please tell your friends, do me a favor, recruit a friend today, and let them hear this good advice as well. And this is all business with Jeffrey Hazel and play.it.